This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, welcome back to another Anatomy of a Movie here on Popcorn Talk. We dissect the coming-of-age story about a boy with a very big secret. It's Love, Simon. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today, it's a very different panel. We don't have our normal co-host, Dimitri Panos and Marissa Serafini. However, I've managed to pull in from another Popcorn Talk show, UTR. No, that is not an STD. It's short for Unproduced Table Read. We have Timothy Michael. What's up, everybody? I'm very, very excited to be here. Thank you for having me on Anatomy of a Movie. This is my first time here, so I'm really excited, nervous. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. For those of you joining us for the very first time or for your returning, uh, this is Anatomy of a Movie for Love, Simon. Unlike our normal shows this is going to be of a more of our quick review so every week um, what we do is we do a long form version and a short form version and uh, so this will be our quick review okay. nonetheless though you can always get our full rundown in the description box it's a pdf it's got all the notes you'd want all the production aspects so today we'll talk about story we'll talk about some production elements the book versus the the, the movie and so forth. And hopefully it's enough. If not, you can always comment below. We'll talk with you guys after. Um, but as generally we do, we start with... over. Oh, spoiler warning. Spoilers. We assume that you've seen the movie, so be warned about that. If you haven't and you don't care, that's up to you. Yeah. But you've been warned. Yeah. But if you haven't, go check it out, obviously, because it's amazing. <laughs> There you go. So that's what I was going to ask. Overall yes. thoughts. And so we, you loved it. I did love it. I think um, I, I was very surprised because I saw um, Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. uh, which was the other gay film that came out uh, last year. Um, and I thought that this one was better. I thought that this one was more, I don't know, um, easily connected to rather than Call Me By Your Name, which is more of like an indie film. And this one's more like mainstream. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was, wasn't a cliche. It didn't portray the you know, LGBT community in any kind of, you know, cliche light or, or overly dramatic light. I enjoyed every aspect of this movie. I don't think there's anything negative I can say about it, except for, um, they didn't cast a gay actor in the role. Um, but Greg Berlanti is gay. So at least they had some kind of aspect of the LGBT community in there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie overall. I thought it was really well done. Uh, and I appreciated the fact that it wasn't – obviously there was an element to a, him finding out this romance and dealing with it. And yet it was very much as far as like beat by beat coming of age story. It's no different than you would imagine most straight movies that we've seen for years. Yeah. And him as an actual character, Simon, he's he's not the coolest kid in, in the school, but he's certainly not like – a loser by yeah. any means and you know he's well liked he's got good friends and so it all it all fits there and and i appreciate it for what it was um and you know we'll make the comparisons later but it's based off of simon versus the homo sapiens agenda 
by Becky Alberetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not saying Al Albertali. <laughs> I don't know what is that Italian. I'm the worst with names. <laughs> if she isn't, I certainly made it Italian. <laughs> you did. You totally I apologize, did. Becky. I'm the worst with names. <laughs> Becky, forgive him. <laughs> uh, yes, please do. But you know, so so I want to talk about you know, kind of kind of that. Um, you know, I, l- let me take a moment in the movie that I thought was the most honest mm-hmm. for me. And um, I'm straight. Um, and I'm I, I'm just saying that so you guys get perspective of yeah, where no, I'm coming I'm glad at that from. You said that. Yes. Um, you know, when, when he gets outed on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and he says to his sister, like, why should I deny it? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I thought that was a very powerful moment in a, in a whole movie of very powerful moments but but regardless i thought that was oh wow yeah you're right like so what yeah. you know why should i have to be different or be you know it's everyone else now that has to accept me yeah no i agree i think one of uh, another powerful powerful moment in the movie for me was kind of similar to yours in the whole getting outed slash coming out um and it's when he's talking to martin and he's saying you know you took that power away from me and i feel like as a member of the lgbtq community as a gay man i feel like when you come out, there is a power in that because you're essentially living your truth. You're speaking who you are and you're announcing it to the world because it's 2018. You shouldn't be ashamed to hide that. But when somebody does it for you, they're kind of taking away you. So I thought that that moment was really brilliantly done as well. One of the, And it's good that you say that because um, I don't want to spoil Call Me By Your Name, but a lot of people have criticized the parents' role in that. Whereas this, I felt... It was good in terms of they weren't parents that were like, oh, wait, you're gay and mm-hmm. so forth. And while they were accepting, there was still that awkwardness. And in particular, I appreciate that Jennifer Garner herself was like, hey, when she read the script, I really like it. I want to do it. But I have to connect with my son in the third act. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he asks her, did you know? It just played so well of like, yeah. well, you had a secret yeah. and I could tell, but I didn't want to pry. Yes. That moment with his mom and Jennifer Garner did a brilliant job in that role. I feel like this is where she starts getting her career back on track and she's not doing those credit one commercials anymore. Um, I felt like that was another honest and real moment because moms always know. They always have like, I don't know, a sixth sense about those kind of things. They kind of have an inkling or an intuition about it. Um and I don't know if Greg Berlanti, as the director, had the same experiences with his mom and maybe expressed that to Jennifer Garner. I don't know if Jennifer Garner has somebody in her life who came out to her, and that's why she was able to to connect on such a real level to the character and in that moment. Um, but I love that they didn't play it to where it was overly emotional. Um, I certainly was emotional watching it, but the two characters in it weren't like devastatingly crying or 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 laughing or or anything like that it was just very real and i appreciated that yeah and and juxtapose that with the with the dad Mm -hmm. because the crying was left for him Uh, because in that moment the reason he's crying is because of all the guilt over the years of of in essence gay bashing yeah unintentionally but that's funny i didn't actually when i when i watched the scene i didn't actually think that he was crying because he was guilty because i remember him saying you know all the birthdays and all the times that we spent together i feel like he was more upset that 
he hasn't known the the real side of his son this entire time and that's what he was upset about not like all the jokes like yeah the jokes were were jokes but at the end of the day like he didn't really know this huge part of his son and they spent years they live in the same house like you're his dad and i feel like that's why he was so upset in my opinion mm-hmm. could be yeah um certainly could be and they they uh, they made a great point where the dad kind of needed him more than the son and so yeah. In essence, it's it's interesting that you know the, the the father hasn't really been able to be there for Simon in both like a capacity as far as like tech help, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So there's the, on on the father just normal level, and then all of a sudden, wait, I'm supposed to be able to teach you, you know? It's the cliche like how to date and how to do this, yeah. and y- yeah, I don't. You can't. <laughs> and so when he when he takes that moment and and really tries to connect, them, let's sign up for Grinder together. <laughs> And he said, is it like a Facebook for gay people? <laughs> no, dad, it's not. <laughs> really so. awkward, but I feel like that's going to be... I like that they included that because it was a very heavy moment and they kind of lightened it up a little bit. Um, but it's just so funny because that's such a dad thing to say. Like, let's sign up for Grinder together. It's like, no, dad, that's not exactly what it's for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would be... I would... I. You do know what Grinder is, right, Phil? Yes, I Okay, do. great. <laughs> I, I would have been... As a straight man, I just wanted to make sure you knew. <laughs> I'm very well aware of Grinder, but... Um... I I could have, as a deleted scene, it would be great to see them signing up for Grinder. Oh, that would have been that would have been really funny and really awkward. It was, but but, but up until that moment, if you, if you think about it, like again, not to get too far off subject, but as right. far as their relationship, mm-hmm. the, the dad up until that point was joking about like, "Hey, are you looking up porn for the yeah. supermodel?" Yeah. Like it's it's not that different, and the only awkwardness. It's it's the same level of awkwardness. I don't from know. The I feel like Grinder is a it's a hookup app, and he's only seventeen, so it's technically he can't even sign up for Grinder yet because he's not even of age. Because you have to be eighteen. But I mean, I just feel like it would. I don't know. I don't know. It's awkward for me. <laughs> I would just be like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just awkward all around. I know. Yeah. But um, let I, me ask you this. Sorry to cut, to cut sure. you off. We're talking about the parents, but how did you feel about the sister's role in all of it? Because essentially she knew first before the parents did. Because she saw it on that... Um, the I, secret the, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how did you feel about her role in this? Um, I thought I thought she handled it well. She was a character that we didn't really get too far deep into. into. Um, which is okay. And I thought it was honest enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think... I, I, I pointed out that, you know, she says to him, like, hey, you can always hide it. And I think it was an honest question. It was an honest suggestion. Yeah. And she was doing the best that she could. And obviously it upset him. And yeah. she didn't mean that. So I think she did it to the best of her ability. And, and I appreciate that she was being helpful rather than like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoyed the the moment when they were opening the Christmas presents the next day. Um, and then she kind of stood up for him when the parents were laughing about something. And she was just like, shut up. He has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um I liked I liked the fact that he had a little sister in the film and that she was the f- not the first one to know but the first member of his family to know because she is like you said she's so young and she probably doesn't really fully understand what that entails and I liked that it was f- a point of view for from somebody so young because to to her she's probably like I don't who cares but it's like to an older well, she generation even like God, like whether or not she's a lesbian herself right, or whatever like right, right. she's not reached that age to have feelings one way or the other. I don't know. She was like a baking champion or something like that. So she's smarter than most people, I feel like, at that yeah, age. That doesn't, so. that doesn't, that doesn't uh, 
put you in se- the, the awaken your sexual arousal. No, but I think that you you can understand not at that age not being your true self and not being allowed or feeling allowed to be your true self. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she said it herself when she said you could hide it. I mean, I think she mm. understood. No, more than most certainly. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you, go mm-hmm. back to a point that you had mentioned that uh, th- when you come out, it's it's very much your moment. And it's very tough for me to understand, but I did, I, I was kind of questioning this. When Simon goes on the Ferris wheel, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful moment. It's, it's very poetic in that sense. However, in a sense, he was forcing the issue. Yes. And I felt, I was like, okay, yeah, one of the things I did appreciate very much about the movie whether it was Abby, whether it was Nick and, and Leah, they were upset with him for far different reasons than him being gay. Right. And so then the same reason he was upset over Martin, because he he, he took away that, that agency from him. Mm-hmm. And, and now when you're talking about Blue, it's like, okay, you're forcing you're a kinda, hand. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm on the same page as you. And I felt I felt the same way. Up until Blue was coming out to, like, his dad, and then Simon came out to his parents, and then he realized that he has to just be himself. I do see why people would say that you're kind of forcing this guy to, like, come out to the entire school when he might not want to. And you're forcing this relationship that might not even last more than two weeks once you see each other or spend time together in person. Um, so you're you're asking this person to risk a lot for something that might not have a great payoff in the end. Um so yeah, I thought I, I think I struggled with that as well. But at the end of the day, it's a romantic movie, and like you just want them to see, and you just want them to be together, and you know, be in love. Question for you though: Did you know that it was going to be Bram that was the one that blew? Uh, I, I did not. Um, I here's the thing: I didn't understand the technique until a little bit later mm-hmm. that it was his fantasies because when they revealed it, I was like, oh, it's him. And now we're playing this, we're, we're, and when it was just continued to be his fans, he's like, oh, okay, now I get the mechanism yes. that you're telling the story. And for, I thought it was by the end, I was like, it's Martin? Oh, no. I, I, I That would have been the, I, I just thought, I was like, wait, this is a weird twist and it's going to be Martin. Is it? Because <laughs> Martin, it, 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 it could have worked, you would have to rework a lot. But because he was so manipulative, and early on he said, "I have a gay brother," right? And I don't know. It's just no, something I can about see. It. I can see where you're coming from. When I originally watched the film, when I caught onto the mechanism that they were using, when it wasn't Bram, I completely wrote him off. So I didn't think that he was going to be in the end either. I thought it was going to be somebody who we'd never seen, who he had never um, really got connected to for whatever reason. I thought it was going to be, if you remember, in the last scene. When Simon wrote this entire thing about Blue and saying how he's going to be in the first wheel, there was a soccer player that was with um, Nick, and he was on the the bench right before he runs onto the field. I thought that was going to be who Blue was. It was mm-hmm. very it was very subtle, it was very small, um, but we had seen him throughout the entire movie in like little scenes, and I thought that's who it was going to be. But I was really excited that it was Bram because I felt like when you saw Bram in the beginning, you immediately had this connection to him, and then I feel like once we found out that it was just his fantasies, we were all disappointed that it wasn't him. So it was nice that it circled back. Yeah. I, I do appreciate that. And having seen, like, I thought, I, I really looked at it like a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. And because that's why, as far as that, um, the reason I thought Martin is because it's it, it, it was such a, it would have been it a, such been a, a twist. Like, he's he was the first person we kind of saw yeah. 
that knew, yeah. and then boom, we yeah. come full circle. So I thought that, that um, I don't know, but, but as far as anything, I really did wonder, and maybe this is a side of me, like I, I really appreciate it. I think it had a wonderful, uplifting message, and we could certainly talk about the positive effect of all of this. Mm-hmm. Like there's people are literally writing Love, Simon letters of like how this movie inspired them yeah. for them to come out. I think that's great. But in, in a sense of realism, I thought, wouldn't it be more interesting? Like Simon learns this big lesson, and mm-hmm. I know the payoff's not as the same. But if he just let it be, and you know, Blue's coming out stories for Blue, this is a story about Simon. Simon, um, I don't know because I feel like they advertise it as a love story, so there had to have been some kind of love involved. Um, granted, there was between him and his friends, there was between him and his family, but I think the audience and myself included wanted something more. We wanted to see him with another person. And just speaking of that, this was one of the first mainstream gay movies to be made. So it, A, had to live up to that pressure, and B, it had to hit all the points. And if he ended up by himself in the end, I just don't think... better for it. I I don't know. I I just don't think that it would have been... I don't know. I think that people would have been a little bit more disappointed. Fair fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Just don't make... All I'm saying is just (laughs) don't be caught... Don't do what Simon... Because at the end, I, I, I still have some problems with Simon as a outed. character. Because you essentially feel like he outed Blue. Then, like, you know, as much as Martin was pressuring him, mm-hmm. there was a side to it all where Simon could have been honest with his friends and said, hey, like, I'm being blackmailed for something, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know what to do. And whether or not he actually revealed any more detail than that, yeah, uh, he was a very manipulative person. I... To an extent, but I think that we all do crazy things when we're under that kind of pressure. And we forget that he's 17. He probably has never had to deal with blackmail in his entire life. So for somebody to know a huge secret about you and then to threaten to expose that, I I would have probably done the same thing. Granted, I probably would have told my friends, though. I probably would have expressed to them, like, hey, this is what's going on, and I don't want it to get out. Um, he did tell Abby, but... I feel like he only told her one part of the story, and he didn't tell her the rest of it when he should have. Her of all people, like I know. at that point, he definitely could have. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about Leah because yeah. she's a very central character to all of this, and he, you know, they just missed. What I liked about it was the dichotomy where both of them miss a huge part about yeah. the other person. Yeah. He misses the fact that she loves him. Mm-hmm. She misses the fact that he's never going to be into her. No. Uh, so I, w- I want to get your opinion on that. I mean, that. it's like the quintessential, like, uh, you know, you have a gay best friend in high school, but you don't know he's gay, but he s- seems perfect because he likes everything that you like and he-, he can connect with you on an emotional level. And that's really what women want. I think they don't really look at the physical, they look at more of like the personality and they want you to be engaged with them. And I feel like with Leah and Simon, I just feel like it it was bound to happen we all knew that she was in love with him it wasn't a secret to us it was a secret to him because he was oblivious and i feel like just speaking on simon's part you you, when you're not looking for it you're not going to see it and he just looked at her as a friend and he pretty much friend zoned her and she wasn't going to get out of that at all basically because he was never going to be interested in her but also they grew up together so there's also that aspect of it yeah, that was a very powerful moment when he says to her, like, I didn't, you know, I've known you for too long. Yeah. And I didn't want things to change. Um, one of the things, I, I, I appreciate the brevity of this movie 
and yet and also under underscored a seriousness like for example with the principal when he brings in um the two of them yeah. versus the two bullies yes. and he's like you know they're boyfriends and apologize oh it's like, no just because we're both gay doesn't mean we're together yes yes whatever you guys want to be on and off. <laughs> tony hill was brilliant in this movie because i thought that he added a comment actually all the teachers let me just say all the because even the theater teacher was was great in this film um i don't know the actress's name forgive me um but i felt like they added i don't know uh, um a because i feel like teachers deal with a lot and they see everything that happens because when you're at school, you're a completely different person than when you're at home. And I feel like teachers get more of the real you because you're with your friends. You can be comfortable. Um, and so to have these teachers stick up for people who they sympathize with or even empathize with just says a lot about teachers in general. Um, and Tony Hale did a brilliant job as the principal. Um, I also ha- liked how they... It, kind of put the whole technology aspect into it because kids are, these days are always on their phones me included um but i i'm not in high school now so it's like i can't even imagine what teachers go through with their phone with having students on their phones all the time so i actually like that aspect of it as well yeah and even them the way they're just navigating it's just a simple like hey i relate to you and it's like Sorry, we, I, when you, I was meant we relate, yeah. not in that way. Do you think that the principal, Tony Hale's character, uh, maybe overshared with Simon at some points? Because remember he said how he was going to go on a date, and then the next day he's like, the date didn't go so well. Like, I thought maybe if I'm going to nitpick the movie, I thought that was a little oversharing on his part. I mean, maybe, but it, it, again, as far as like tropes, you can go back to um, Edge of Seventeen, right? That's what it was, where... Um, Woody Harrelson's character mm-hmm. plays the teacher and so forth. And, you know, um, you have those moments. And so I don't, I didn't think it was that off brand. Yeah. Okay. I can see that too. And again, if you're going to, if you're going to use those same tropes that we've seen in every straight coming of age story, then you have, that to. is a trait. Uh, agreed. That you, that you would throw in. Now, you is he over the top? I mean, it's Tony Hale. So of course, <laughs> I didn't think that it was over the top. Like, Acting wise, I thought he was very believable and, and I, I found him hilarious. There wasn't anything that was unrealistic about him. I just thought the only unrealistic thing was maybe because I never had conversations like that with my teachers. Like, hey, you went on a date last night? That's cool. Like, I just never had that. So, you know, I, hey, listen, at this point, I would be grasping for straws, but the yeah. mom's a psychologist. Right. And so, like, you would, you would think, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. she said, like, hey, he's annoying. You know, the teachers are people too that yeah. type of thing i don't know i have to ask you who out of the entire movie was your favorite character um that's, they were all really good it, it, it's tough honestly i think i wouldn't pick simon to be my favorite okay simply because of his actions okay. I honestly, and, and even when his mom tells him like hey you're a good person mm-hmm. he kind of swallows because he's like uh maybe i'm <laughs> straight off the path and i think he can return there yeah uh, i really liked leah um and i thought i thought for a second i i thought there would be more to martin and abby just simply because the fact that he did bring her out of her shell yes. at the pink or the waffle house yeah. rather that i thought there was something there believe it or not yeah and it, it wasn't so i i knew from the beginning that she was into nick and i think that she could appreciate the whole relationship with Martin because he did bring her out of her shell. Abby was one of my favorite characters in the film because 
of everything that we learned about her, I felt more connected to her than I did with Leah. With Leah, all I got was, oh, you're in love with your gay best friend. With Abby, I got, hey, you're in a completely different environment. You kind of have this big secret also, so you have that commonality with Simon. And she she has this effervescent, outgoing personality, but then in the meantime, behind closed doors, she's dealing with all of this personal issues. Um, I really connected with her as a character. In her, in terms with Martin, I never wanted them together. I never really saw them together. I like that they were friends. I like that she, that he was annoying to her at first. And then once he brought her out of her shell, she was like, he's actually kind of cool. He's weird, but he's cool. Um, I knew that I was never going to go past that. Well, he he sort of, it's a term, it's a very inside term, but kind of jumped the shark. Yeah. Uh, for me, meaning he just went a little, as soon as he did that deplorable act of, of sending everything, mm-hmm. I thought... That's where you really cross the line. Yes. And, um, you know, I was willing to accept you. Like, you know, sometimes you do crazy things for love. Yeah. And he certainly did. But but then he just... I never thought he actually would send... Me neither. What he I did. actually... Actually, no, I'm lying. I feel like I knew he was going to send it once he did that whole stand-up in front of the entire school and reveal his feelings for Abby. Um, and I knew that that was going to backfire on him. And then he would do it in order to deflect the attention from him. Um, so I knew, I knew that that was coming. Yeah. I just wish he understood. He needs to understand sarcasm a little better. Cause I would have told you <laughs> right off the bat that Simon's just annoyed by you. And yeah, he's not giving you actual advice. Yeah. I, I actually think that Simon kind of tried to help him as best he could, but you can't work miracles here. I mean, if somebody's not into you, you can't really force them to be into you. And that's something that I didn't like that Simon tried to do. He tried to manipulate his friends into, putting them in situations where it would try to, it could work, but it was never going to, cause you can't control everybody. Yeah. That was the, I think obviously if there was a misstep on Simon's part, it was just being honest with Martin just saying, Hey, like, listen, you've got enough time with her. Yeah. If it's, she's not that into you. Yeah. It's, you know what? Like it, I can't control that. Yeah. And, and then no matter how much you spend time with her, it's not going to work out. Right. Well, Abby then winds up with Nick, which that was another aspect of the film that I didn't really like because I I wanted them to keep it like they were all just friends. I don't like it when they kind of mix these whole like, hey, there's a group of friends, but one likes the other one. And then one likes like there's so there's two that like each other and then there's two that not. I don't know. I just felt like it would have been more impactful for me if they all just were friends, just friends. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Or it didn't um, bother you at all? Um, In the way that they handled they they didn't overdo it i mean they just kind of were together mm-hmm. but we didn't have to spend that much time following it and so forth so right. i didn't mind it and i think that's what as far as for a mainstream audience what i think sort of works like when you when you talk about call me by your name it's a very first off it's a very slow moving yes. movie but that aside it's got some intense scenes <laughs> that if if you're a straight audience member you're going to be running for the hills it, it's yeah. for a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there is a – you want to sort of be eased into it. Yes. And so when you look at something like this, apart from what, like three kisses maybe tops, yeah. it's – you don't look at it like he's just a normal kid. Yeah. And the more you can kind of view him as just a normal kid that happens to be gay and, um, you know, why, when we – years ago I interviewed uh, Cameron Monaghan who's a straight um, – actor himself mm-hmm. who plays um ian on uh, shameless mm-hmm. and he said like listen no like gay is not what defines this character i want to bring that like i am 
I'm a person that yeah. just happens to be gay. Yes. And so I think, you know, you needed that. And I think this movie achieved that tremendously, mm-hmm. where I think it is a little bit more accessible and kind of ease people into it. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the that you interviewed this guy who said that, you know... I, me being gay is not, or me, the character being gay is not everything that that person is, which brings me to the point in Love, Simon, when they kind of had that weird, I don't want to say fantasy, but this weird, like, I don't know, exchanging of roles where people had to come out as straight. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool, too, because what if what if you actually did have to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, sexuality is pretty fluid nowadays, so you never really understand where somebody lies. Everybody just assumes everybody is straight until you until have to say, not. yeah. So... I feel like the more and more we progress into society and, and, and years and growing as a country, I feel like people don't assume anymore. Um, but I love that that part of the film when people were like, I'm straight, mom. I, think that was, I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny, too. Um, and in fact, um, uh, Nick Robinson, who, uh, as far as my knowledge, he's not, a, he's not gay. No. Um, he's known for Jurassic World. He remember mm-hmm. the brother of one of the, one of the kids. Um, I, I thought... He had that swagger to him. He really played it well, and I, I think he, you know, wholeheartedly portrayed Simon really well. I agree. I compl- I I think that he did a very good job. Um, I think that they, it's it's a major production, so they had to get Nick Robert. They had to get this name in order to to get butts in the seats, and I understand that. Um, I would really have liked to have seen it with a gay character in the role. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to be the one of the first movies as a gay love story, then why not push the envelope a little bit further and cast a gay actor in the main role? Who would that be, though? I, that's that what age. I was literally thinking. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, but we forget Nick Roberts is probably... I think he's in his 20s. He's 24, mm-hmm. 23, 24. Um, and he just looks really young. He can play 17. Um, somebody... One of my friends said Chris Colfer, but I was like, no, Chris Colfer wouldn't have fit that role at all. Um... I don't. I honestly don't know of any. And I'm not saying like in terms of star. I'm not being facetious as being no, like a star power. So forth. Right. I just mean like at that age range. Yes. Who are the gay actors? What's well, funny because I knew that I was going to bring up this point coming in talking to you today, and I was thinking of the same thing, and I was like, I don't honestly know. I'm sure they could have found somebody. I just don't know of anybody at, right now who is mainstream, and maybe people in the chat who are watching could you know let us know but i bram was gay he's an actual gay gay um actor in real life or gay person in real life um so i don't know i i i'm not mad at nick robertson's performance at all this is just me like i said nitpicking um because that was some of the criticisms that i gotten from some of my gay friends that were like i wish they had have gotten a, a a gay person to play this role instead of like you know how they were doing the whole whitewashing of hollywood now it's kind of like a straight washing of hollywood where it's like okay well well, you do have gay actors out there that can play these roles. You're just not giving it to them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I mean, fair. I, I, I understand that point, and I can't really argue against it too much simply because, you know, I don't represent that side. Right. But um, in that sense, to me, it's sort of equivalent of if you have British actors, like the Daniel Day-Lewis portrayed Lincoln. And, That's true. And so if, to me, I kind of want it to be both ways. I'm sure there's gay people, gay mm-hmm. actors that have portrayed straight very true characters very true. and so to me i as far as like I, I i always look at it of like it should just be like the norm of anyone can play anybody right um and i, and I get that's very idealistic no that's a, actually that's a really good point i never actually thought about it from that point of view before and that that is a good point that just brings me back to me just playing devil's advocate being like you know we look back on on you know older 
you know, 1960s, 1970s movies where they had white actors who played, you know, black or, or other ethnic races. And we go, well, you know, you could have casted somebody else in that role. It's like when you know better, you do better. And in 2018, we know now. So you could have done better. Yeah. But that's just me. But like I said, I don't want to take anything from away from Nick Robertson's performance because he was amazing. He, mm-hmm. I completely connected with him. Um, he did a fabulous job at the, in the role. Um, yeah, congratulations to him because he did a great job. Yes, and I love the uh, I love the L.A. marketing campaigns of Dear L.A., which way to WeHo, asking for a friend. And for those of you unfamiliar, WeHo yeah. is a very gay part of yes. town. Yes, um, So I appreciate it. And you know what? Again, this is just to kind of put a bow on this conversation. Like when I look at um, Call Me By Your Name, I don't dislike that movie because it's a gay movie. I dislike it because... It's not a good movie that I enjoyed. I didn't like it either. So I'm on the same as a, as speaking from the LGBT community. I didn't like it either. I thought that the connection between the two leads was lacking. Whereas in this, in Love Simon, I felt that the connection between all the characters was there. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm an idealist. I'm a, hopefully <laughs> if I like we to got, think so. If we got anything from Phil in this conversation, is that Phil is an idealist? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, I, I, I said it on uh, Wrinkle in Time. Like, I think it's great that Ava du- DuVernay, mm-hmm. you know, direct as a, as a female black director directed mm-hmm. a hundred million dollar movie. Now, congratulations. Now, I'm going to crap talk it no different than Ridley Scott if he made a piece of crap. Yes, of course. And I don't think you should. I think that if you want to be equal, then you, you have to take all of that equal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up this conversation? No, I'm very excited that you asked me to talk about this movie because I left the theaters and I was raving about it. I thought it was it, it was well done. And like I said, with with a gay movie like this, it had a lot of pressure and a lot to live up to. And I think that the director and the writers and the actors far exceeded all expectations. Fair enough. I'll say uh, if you've stuck around this long and you haven't seen the movie, uh, I would <laughs> implore you to go see the movie. Um, and... Again, yes, because of what it represents, but first and foremost, it's just a good movie. It's a good movie, yes. I don't think just because you're gay, you have to go see this movie. I think that anybody can connect on this movie on any level. Yes, and it was interesting to see the audience that did uh, did see this movie um, with me. I was, I was kind of curious, and it's one of those things I was like, well, who's gay and who's not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of that. I was actually thinking the same thing. There were a lot of women in my um, when I went to go see it. I saw it opening night. Actually, um, there were a lot of women in the audience, um, younger, high school, college, and they were cheering and clapping and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I overheard a lot of conversations after the movie with couples who were, I guess, there together. You can tell that they were straight couples, um, and the the men just saying, you know, that was a really good movie. It was a good movie, and I'm sure their girlfriends dragged them to it. But they were like, they came out of the theater saying it was a good movie, and that made mm-hmm. me feel good. Yeah, and hopefully uh, I'll I'll try to do some research after the fact and post it in the comment section. But um, you know, LA is very progressive in that sense, and you know, I, I felt no discomfort in seeing it alone by myself. Yeah, um, I'd be curious to to see how other audiences, especially Middle America, mm-hmm. reacts to it and so how I. they take it, because um, that'll be somewhat telling yeah but well, to be fair it has an 8 out of 10 on imdb i don't know the rotten tomatoes uh score bit, maybe you can... almost like a 90 um, so i mean if we're looking at that then 91. most yeah so they don't just do the east coast and the west they don't just do these coastal cities with those scores they do pretty much everywhere so i feel like maybe middle america is responding well to it as well yeah it's got an a plus on cinema score so i know i saw that it was that's great that, that's that's excellent so um there you have it thank you guys as always um if there's anything further 
your favorite moments from the movie, what it means to you. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of great social media campaigns thanking Simon, and it's yeah. wonderful because he's a fictional character. And when you can connect on that level, and and he truly does inspire you, like he inspired Blue. Um, that, that's that's powerful. Yeah, that's what you want out of a movie. I agree. I agree. Um, so, and again, it all stems from it actually being a good movie rather than just like here's the crux of the movie and go do it just because that's what you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, where can people interact with you more directly? I am Timothy Michael. You can tweet at me or Instagram me, whatever at I am Timothy Mike. And you can check them out at UTR. That's yes. Unproduced Table Read. On Friday morning. So if you guys are bored right before Anatomy of a Movie, come check us out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And thank you guys as always. I'm at Phil Svitek, uh, at Serafini TV, and at DMovie1701. will rejoin me. That's Dimitri and Marissa. <laughs> we'll be back next week with Pacific Rim. And by all means, uh, we've made a lot of references to Call Me By Your Name. You can check out that anatomy and as well as countless other anatomies of a movie here on Popcorn Talk. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.